these sorts of things. Hey everybody, it's Jackson here with Hutch. Hey everyone. And you are back indeed listening to another episode of Life on the Vine. Yes indeed. With Jackson and Hutch. Yeah. Welcome to uh, 2021. Yeah. If we've not seen you since the turn of the year. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. That was, yeah, I, that was your New Year's <laughs> was, celebration. That was noises. basically my New Year's in a, in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yep. Yeah. It, what's this, this year? year I did kiss Is this someone. year the uh, year of the goat? Year of the dog? What? Year of the... oh, I thought you were saying like the year of the greatest of all time. I was like, I no, no, not not that year. Oh. It is like Aaron I mean, Rogers Wilson's year, gonna though. win MVP at the Super Bowl. So yeah. Is that so? Not so, yeah. Uh, cool. Well, we have a very exciting and special episode. Yeah, kind today. of a fun one. Yeah, we're Which, excited. They're all fun. They're Let's all fun. Be, That's true. Well, we have fun, at least. Yeah. And if you're still listening at this point, we're just assuming that either you're doing penance for something or you're, you think it's fun, too. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Can penance ever be fun? Or no. does that defeat the purpose of penance? Ooh, maybe, I don't know. Does it depend on where your heart is at? Like if penance is actually working and your heart's... Enjoying it? Yeah. I don't know. Seeing his purpose? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. That <laughs> question's for another day. Yeah. What we do need to do is dive into some other questions, yes. right? Yeah. We have gotten uh, a bunch of questions. They are written down on little slips of paper. We each have a bag next to us we have not looked at the questions at least i've not looked at them i have you've looked at them <laughs> i've not looked at the questions and we're going to take turns grabbing a question out of the bag giving it our best shot yeah and then moving on to the next moving on to the next one and we don't know how many we'll get through we've yeah. got i can't remember how many uh we have maybe like 20 okay Something like that. We, we might make this a couple of episodes, maybe like a new series, and you guys can keep your questions coming in, and we can just yeah. periodically do a listener's mailbox yeah. grab bag We really episodes. should do like a, how many questions can we answer in 60 seconds? Ooh, that, w- that would be bad for these questions, having looked at them. Okay. <laughs> maybe maybe a different episode. Yeah. 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 Um, well, do you want to start us off? Want to kick us off? Yeah. One second, my wife just texted me. Okay. Hey, Jessica. Um, I'll answer that later. Okay. It's a little bit more involved than just a yes or a no. Okay. All right. First, first question that I've grabbed out of the bag here. Oh, interesting question. And one that I will put to the one who nerds out a little bit more about early church history Ooh. or... You're, you are the biblical scholar of the, between the two of us. All right, here we go. Oh, man. What's up with the two genealogies of Jesus not matching up? And why don't we know Mary's lineage since Jesus didn't descend from Joseph other than in the legal sense? Wow. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. So um, genealogies in Matthew and in Luke... Um, I actually was just having a conversation with this, uh, about this recently, uh, with, uh, Convenient. one John Shelton, who, uh, if you have more questions, go talk to John. Uh, yeah. So Matthews begins, um, with, it begins in the past. It begins with like Genesis and Abraham and it works its way down to Jesus. And mm-hmm. then Luke begins with Jesus and works its way back, back through history. And so part of the focus, um, and I'm, I'm stealing some of this just because we were having a conversation from, from what John was saying, but Luke's gospel is looking at the truth claims of Jesus as the Son of God. And so it's tracing his lineage back to sort of and Adam, who's created by God, right? So um, that idea of sonship is a big theme in Luke. Um, right after the genealogy, it comes later in Luke's gospel, not at the very, very beginning. So it's after the birth narrative, and it's right before he's uh, Jesus is tempted in the desert. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions, you know, 
if you're the son of God, right? If you, if this is who you are. So um, some of that identity piece is in question. Um, in Matthew's gospel, there's, there's, it's, it's Abraham and then David and the exile. And so it's major points in history. So it's going through Abraham, the one through whom the promise came of God was going to bless all the nations. And then David, the king, uh, who Jesus, David's promised the throne and a kingdom forever. Jesus is the fulfillment of that. Uh, the exile, you get sort of the re- rebellion and of people, the, the loss of the kingdom, the loss of the temple. And then Jesus, as the one who's kind of bringing the people back, is going to bring them back into relationship with God. Matthew's where the angel says to Joseph, call him Jesus because he's going to save his people from their sins. So you have sort of the focus of the genealogy in Matthew is on the fulfillment of the promises that have been made, on the fulfillment of uh, Jesus as the king, Jesus as the um, one like Abraham who comes like Abraham, the one who's going to restore the people of Israel, save them from their sins. So the genealogies are kind of just doing different things, and I think that's one of the reasons. Um, neither genealogy, to the best of my knowledge, and again, this is this is an unresourced, uh, uncommentaried response. I think most but, of our answers to these questions are going to be unresourced. Yeah, just because we're just sitting here answering yeah. the questions off the top of our heads. Um, but genealogies do not always go father to son, father to son. Um, sometimes there are some gaps. Sometimes uh, begotten is sort of a a word that can refer to immediate um, progeny, but also to sort of in the line of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so that that can speak to it as well. Um, and, uh, what was just like, it was basically is that, like, is that enough of an answer? Yeah. Well, why don't we have Mary's lineage? Oh yeah. Is the other question. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't know that I have a great answer to that. Um, we believe she was also, you know, from the line of David. Um, and, but I, I think, you know, part of it is that the, the tracing and the genealogies you go throughout scripture are primarily the, you know, the, the male, the, the husband mm-hmm. who kind of passes on the, um, the heritage in some sense, like the firstborn son is the one who inherits. Yeah. And so Jesus being, um, and I think it's, and honestly, it's kind of a fascinating thing in terms of Jesus being truly the son of Joseph, even though he's not the biological son of Joseph, but he still is like in the line of Joseph. Um, and part of that is his full humanity as well that he's yeah you know he he steps into a family in a real way and he um receives the sort of inheritance of that family as the as the firstborn son interesting that's my response that's a great response because i'm like totally clueless to this because i didn't even know that they diverged well, i couldn't even know, tell you where they I mean, were the two gene- honest, I, I don't spend, gonna... i don't spend a ton of my time looking at the genealogies so i'm like trying to like pull back from like you know seminary and grad school and stuff like that yeah which uh yeah you know it's true that when you're actually in school you spend more time on some of like the weird quirks and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and then once you get unless you're like preaching on it or teaching on it you kind of like don't you know you kind of focus on the main things and but genealogies are cool, and and they are important. Yeah. There's a reason that there's genealogies. There's they are a reason they are saying there. something. Yeah. yeah, there's a reason that they're there, um, and particularly for the Jewish people, that's like super important. Um, is, yeah. is genealogies, but um, yeah, okay, cool. cool. I'm satisfied. Yeah. Now it's your turn. And uh, you know, if if any of you are not satisfied with these responses, then um, we can come and do a special Sunday school class or something. Yeah, we and then like, I'll actually uh, go research it. And coffee. Yeah. We like coffee. coffee. We love coffee. Okay. Uh, here we go. Bum, 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 bum. Uh, I've got, <laughs> I've gotten a bubbly. I'm drinking a bubbly right now. That one was blank. It was uh, a was blank. blank. Okay. I didn't cut a blank. F for cube. Oh, that's upside down. What is your favorite book of the Bible? Mm. And how on earth do you pick a favorite book of the Bible? I feel like this is sort of like a trap, you know? What's your favorite book of the Bible? Trap. How dare you? Cho- How dare yeah. you choose that one? Okay, um, that's a great question. Yeah. And I'll take I this first. Think, yeah, go ahead. 
if I could. Yeah, go for it, please. And part of the reason that I'm going to take this first is because I'm going to help answer of like, how do you pick a favorite book of the Bible? Because I have different answers for different scenarios Mm -hmm. that I've made up in my mind, right? Yeah. So I have my favorite to read. Okay. I have like, if the like apocalypse happened... And I could only save one book of the Bible to Ooh, like carry out yeah. which one I would. And then one that I think is like the most important theologically. Nice. So those are kind of different categories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My favorite book of the Bible is Genesis. I mm. love Genesis. I think that it's rocking. It's told as a narrative. Yeah. Um, there's lots of like really quirky things in there, but there's mm-hmm. just really good stories too. And we've talked yeah. about story and the importance yeah. of story. Um, and there's just such good... And I I always refrain and hesitate from considering biblical figures as characters, mm-hmm. but because that implies a fiction. Yeah, that to, I don't, to us. In our, yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. Excuse me. But... In referencing it as a narrative, like there's great characters in right. there. There's great yeah. figures in there that can teach us a lot about who we are and speak towards our humanity, but also into um, wh- who God is and yeah. um, what actually matters to him, I think. Um, yeah. So anyway, Genesis is my favorite mm-hmm. book of the Bible. Yeah. Um, if I could only save one book of the bible to like carry out or if i had to encourage people like i know that you are only going to read one book of the bible so i want you to read this one the gospel of john yeah that's it's my favorite gospel i think that it speaks about god in a way that's palatable for Mm -hmm. most people it's it's looking at god um in a much more kind of who is god in a I'm trying to capture the essence of who we are and who God is. Yeah. Much more than a literal, this is what Jesus did while he was on earth. Bam, bam, bam. It, although it does have those, you know, events yeah, in them. Yeah, yeah. But, it's, but very, it's, it's a very theological... Yes. Uh, like, yeah. And, almo- yeah. and poetic, poetic, almost. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like... There's it's, a literary it, element. Yes, exactly. So, Gospel of John. Um, and then when it comes down to, like most important book of the bible i would say i mean they're all important yeah and obviously you can't skim over the gospels but romans i think is the most important theological book of the bible having not not being a biblical scholar yeah a master of divinity that is my layman's Sorry, no. I don't mean to make fun of your masters of divinity. Yeah, it's not no, what I'm fine. trying to do. Yeah, that's what you're trying to do. I mean, I've said this before. I'll say it again. It's the most pretentious title. Title. Yeah, it's like the most pretentious degree ever. Um, I, you know, honestly, those three all came to my mind and always do. Yeah. Um, John is my favorite gospel. I bet you I can guess your favorite book, though. What's my favorite book? Galatians. 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 You know, I, yeah, so I I love Galatians partly because I've spent a lot of time with it. Yeah. And and it's shorter than Romans. So <laughs> that's nice. I mean, Romans, Romans is basically Galatians on steroids. It's Galatians 2.0. It's Paul taking Galatians and then just expanding it and yeah. with a little more like teeth to it and meat on it. But I, I do love Galatians. Uh, if you're looking for just something you can sit down and read in 20 minutes that's going to have just wallop you with good theology, Galatians is is, is, it? is a good yeah. place to go. Yep. I love Genesis. Uh, like you said, the story element, the characters. I, I love, I was a history major and I love beginnings. I love looking back, like why, how did things get here and why are things the way they are? And um, I think you can't understand the rest of scripture without Genesis just yeah. because of that's where it begins and that's where the fall and the promises that God begins to make. So uh, a couple shout outs though. Uh, shout out to Hebrews. Love Hebrews. You know, I always kind of forget about Hebrews, but that's every time so I good. read it, I'm like, man, this is good. It's so good. It is and good. And understanding the, 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 the work of Christ mm-hmm. is, is it's just so rich. Um, if you don't know your old Testament, it's not going to be as meaningful. Well, that I, 
I, I read it one time with a reference Bible, okay. which was super helpful. So if yeah. you don't know what a reference Bible is, is that anytime there is like a reference, reference. to the yeah. Old Testament or to some other scripture or even like something's related to maybe another scripture, it gives you the scripture reference. Yeah. And so then you can go back and read yeah. that passage or that verse. Like Hebrews is entirely footnotes. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean there's a, there's like a one verse there are like, a ton rah. of references. Yeah. So I would highly recommend reading that after reading the Old Testament or yeah. uh, and or like a study Bible, a study Bible yeah. or a reference Bible or something like yeah. that. And there's some good resources out there. I mean, cuz it gets into the tabernacle and the sacrificial system and you know, Exodus which seems kind of boring, but when you put it together with Hebrews kind of comes alive yeah. in terms of who Christ is and what Christ does. So, um, you know, I've been really enjoying the old Testament over the last like three years. I find myself being drawn more and more to the old Testament yeah. because I spent most of my life in the new Testament because it seemed applicable to me. Yeah. And like, okay, I didn't really need to know about Jesus's coming cause Jesus is already been here yeah yeah. so now what that's what i need to know is the now what right yeah and that's true in a sense um and that's why we have the new testament right and why paul felt the need to write letters to different um congregations and churches and stuff but now going back and like diving deep into into the old testament it's like oh okay this reminds me of yeah you know you know whatever i mean there's yeah, so yeah, I, I can't even so, pick so one much, out just yeah. because there's so many different yeah. references back to the old testament yeah um and the importance of the tabernacle and the sacrificial system yeah. and um you know the tie between passover and and um communion right. and yeah. All the Red Sea and baptism, and yeah, it's, it's yeah, all over so the place, much, and it's just yeah. like yes, yeah. We were talking about on Sunday school this past past week. We were talking about uh, Jesus as King and uh, just the role of King in the Old Testament and the role of King that's fulfilled in Christ. And it's looking at Deuteronomy and Samuel, and it's just like man, it's crazy how how much is pointing to Christ and fulfilled in Christ. Um, yeah, we just finished First Samuel in uh, Pathfinders, which is the middle school uh, group. So fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth graders, and we went through First Samuel for this semester. And I had so much fun. I was so glad that we went through First yeah. Samuel because it's full of good story, yeah, good events, and solid application into the life of a believer. Yeah, solid because yeah. you've got. Saul, you know, king anointed, uh, first king of Israel. And you've also got David who, um, it, we, we know lots of David stories, but it's this process of, uh, God removing his favor from Saul and putting it onto David and, and who Saul puts his trust in and who David puts his trust in. And not that one of them is a better human being than the other, but their hearts are in very different places, and that's yeah. illustrated amazingly in yeah. First Samuel. I, I don't know. It, it, well, I'm really and, into the Old Testament is, right now. Yeah. Well, and this, I think this question, you know, how do you choose a favorite? I was going to say, you don't choose a favorite. The favorite book chooses you. Ooh. Uh, but I, I think one of the... It's, it's fine to have a, a favorite, but as I'm thinking through this question, I'm like, Oh, but you don't want to miss out on that. And, oh, you don't yeah. want to miss out on that. And, and I think it's one of the reasons why it's, it's, it's such a gift to have all of scripture. Yeah. And, 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 and maybe read them all first and yeah, then, then you, you can think. choose a favorite. I mean, like I can't imagine life without the Christology of Colossians. I can't imagine theology without the, the Christ hymn and Philippians. I can't imagine, um, thinking about the church and, and God's like plan for the church without Ephesians. I can't imagine um, like thinking about who we're called to be without first Peter. I can't imagine like practicality of Christian life and obedience without James. I can't imagine having a theology of the resurrection without first Corinthians chapter 15. I mean, it's Ooh. just like Preach it. every book, man, Preach every it, book. Pastor, that's like, why you got that degree. Brings it. I mean, every book just brings it again and again and in yeah. different ways. And so, um, Favorites are just those sort of 
you know, warm, comfy blankets that you get back in or that frozen pond you jump in to reawaken you or yeah. whatever it is. But, yeah. um, okay. Um, cool. Next one. All right. Let's see what I got here. I guess I'm like really into the accent today. I like, yeah. Sorry. Hey man, it's almost, it's almost Christmas. We say that we said, we already said happy new year. Yeah. We, yeah. Oh, this was my favorite one when I read through it first. Oh, yeah. I think we're going to get into some good discussion. Okay. Here we go. If dinosaurs lived and oh, died gosh. before man was on earth, then God designed animals to die before the fall. So why did God design animals to die? What does God have against dinosaurs? <laughs> that they're big and scaly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, do you want to... So I think, well... Yeah. We need to do some episodes on... Like faith and science and Genesis and science. Yeah, we do. Um, Excuse me. That was really gross. <laughs> that was really gross. It was like Should maybe super cut that gross. Out. <laughs> Woo. Um, but those are, yeah, good questions. And I think the easy answer to that is God can do whatever he wants. Okay. Yeah. That's the simple that, that first is, answer. Yeah. yeah Who exactly. are we to question? The way Where that God were did you this? when I made the foundations of the earth? Yeah. Says God to Job. To Job. And the ultimate biblical smackdown. But I, I, I'll bite. Yeah. I'll nerd I'll, out I'll here. I'll bite too. Yeah. yeah. So uh, this, I again, is a working theory for me, okay? It's yeah. not something that I've come down on solidly, but it's something that I'm kind of thinking my way through. Yeah. So... If dinosaurs lived and died before man was on earth, then God designed animals to die b- before the fall. Okay, so yeah, I think the question is getting at, like, God's design has death tied into it. Yeah. Right? So yeah. I, that's that's yeah. where I think and, this and is And is going. there death before the fall? Is there or, death before the fall, yeah. right? Yeah. And this would provide evidence that there is death before yeah. the fall. Yeah. Okay. So... My thought here is, and I, I think that it's unpopular with some, it can bang up against some people's theology, Okay, um, Do but it. I don't know that physical death is a result of sin or okay. the fall. I, one of the things that I love about God is that he is a systematic God and he creates systems, right? Yeah. We can see this um, no matter where you fall on like certain um, ideas and systems of science, like we have a water system yeah. and we have like systems of how mountains are made and and yeah. like like the rocks, they turn into mountains and then eventually they get crumbled down and then there's magma and like they get buried and then it magmizes magma. Magma. <laughs> magma. Yeah. Anyway, so there's there's cycles and there's systems that are that are in place, right? Yeah. Our body is full of all these systems too, right? And it's the genius of creation, I think, to create in a systematic way. And so I think that there is a life cycle. And I don't know that the death portion of the life cycle was just inserted in there because of sin like i think like we we could let's just play this out with adam okay so adam and eve never eat the apple does adam live forever in the garden Mm. here on earth and when we say live forever what does that actually mean does that mean that he lives forever here on earth or he is always with god or so i think we have to define our terms here and i don't I am not convinced that Adam would have lived, like would still be mm-hmm. here on earth right now. Yeah. If he had not eaten, eaten from the fruit. Yes. Yeah. I so think I, that, that the result of the fall and sin things were introduced physically into our world because of that, that mm-hmm. speed up that process of death. But 
And so like we introduce decay, okay? Yeah. Decay and death are not the same thing. Yeah. Sometimes death results in because of decay. Yeah. But the physically passing from this world to the next. Yeah. I don't know that that wasn't part of God's plan initially for the life cycle. Yeah. Does yeah, no, I get what, yeah, I think it, it's such a fascinating question and and I, I think this is one of those questions where we just we don't know a lot and the Bible yeah. doesn't say a lot, but I do think a yeah. couple of things and I was, I just pulled up uh, a passage from scripture which we don't do a ton here on Life on the Vine actually quote verbatim. No. We don't. But after the fall, the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. And then I think this is super interesting for this conversation. Now, lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. So I, I think we always sort of assume, and I think it's sort of popular opinion, that Humanity is created to live forever naturally mm-hmm. on their own and that not living forever, death, whatever you want to kind of, is a result of the fall. Right. But I think that it's maybe a little bit more nuanced than that, a little more complicated. Um, there's the possibility of life eternal in the garden but that is also the place of god's presence right right so when we're cast out of the garden we're cast out of the presence of god we're cast out from the possibility of eternal life right but it does seem that life is always dependent upon our proximity to god right it's not something that we just inherently have right so i think that was there death before the fall from a physical standpoint is pretty open yeah you know i think it's pretty open and i would lean toward yes yeah (laughs) but i think i'm like i don't know that there's much indication that physical death now you know and even in Colossians chapter 15, mm. which we referenced. Yes. You know, the sting of death is sin, right? Sure. So death in and of itself, even from New Testament perspective, there's the 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 problem with it is sin and that death then leads to continued separation, right? Um and so the last enemy to be defeated is death, but because death means, because of our sin, eternal separation from God. So e- even there, you're still kind of coming up against the fact that, like, it's sin that makes death so bad. Right. Right? Exactly. Um, and there's all sorts of stuff that God designed and good gifts that God has given us that is not inherently bad but sin has warped it. Yes. You know? Yeah. So it's not like we're delving into the realm of like thinking up something complete, like a new concept here. Yeah. Like it could have existed before that this been a part of the the design, but now sin comes in and warps. Right. And makes death sting. According to Augustine, uh, sin is the deprivation of the good. The deprivation. Evil, yes. evil is the deprivation of the good. It's taking exactly what he said, taking something good, twisting it. Right. Yeah. So uh my other argument there is that not all dinosaurs are dead. That's a common misconception. Ooh. I mean, we still have sea turtles, we still have alligators. There's much sea life yeah. that survived the, you know, Jurassic, prehist you know, yeah. All those eras. Yeah. And yeah. stuff we have. Yeah. We have lots of species that have uh, survived yeah. that. So we are not without dinosaurs. Not with, well, That's good to know. That's yes. Exciting. Maybe as we think of them as like long necks. Got and a little bit more exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Triceratops and all those dinosaurs. But yeah. I also think it's important, and this is your original statement that the short answer is God can do what God wants. But there is a if I can say this, God is a God of hierarchy. Yeah. 
right? And like not all, not all things are equal in God's eyes. And God creates for a purpose. And, you know, we believe that the ultimate purpose is his own glory. But creation is, I think, pretty clearly designed for humanity. And with that comes like a tremendous amount of responsibility of caring and yes. guarding and keeping. But there's still like, it's not just as if, well, God, you know, creation's created for all animal plant life equally of equal sort of importance or like there, there's a particularity to creation is designed and, and put forward in a way that the final pinnacle of creation is, is humanity because we're created in God's image. And so I think there's also a sense in which, well, the dinosaurs, like they don't have souls, they're not eternal. And um, if that was part of the process that God used to create and make an earth ready and hospitable for humanity, then that's like, that's kind of his prerogative. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Why is the universe so big if we are the only form of intelligent life worshiping God? Okay, I'm just going to jump in. I do believe we're the only form of uh, created life within the universe that's worshiping God. The angels are also intelligent and they're worshiping God. So that's not, I don't think we're the only intelligent life worshiping God. But for the context of the universe, I don't believe in aliens. I know it's a very controversial yeah. statement, but I don't believe in alien, sentient, sold, capable of worshiping God, alien life. Cool. Yeah. I um, am not on that spectrum. I believe that's not. I, I don't I, I, believe. I discovered I'm a minority. I don't believe in aliens, but I believe in the possibility of aliens. Well, you gotta have, yeah. And like. I, and this is this is what I mean by that too. Is like not that there just could be aliens out there, mm-hmm. but like if God wanted to create another, you know, sentient race yeah. that he revealed himself to in a different context and in a different way, then he could totally do that, and it would not diminish who Jesus is at all. Yeah, zero. Okay, so here's my question, though. Sure. So, I, I mean, from a theoretical standpoint, God can do whatever God wants to do. Yeah. But, and this is my, this is my, this is where I get stuck mm-hmm. with the whole alien conversation. And yep. again, talking about like sentient, soul beings capable of being in relationship with God, God, loving right. God. Um, and I guess maybe the angels are a good example that they have a different relationship with God than yeah. we do. So, yeah. so maybe. But that's not what we're talking about there either. No, I, but we're, I, we're talking about beings that are sort of in the same way that humans are capable of having a relationship with God, right? right. That's what we're talking about? That's what we're talking about. So for me, where I get hung up mm-hmm. is the incarnation. Yeah. And the fact that the incarnation is not something that is set aside when Christ ascends. That Christ became the second person of the Trinity of God, took on humanity took on flesh uh-huh continues to have humanity and is like physically seated at the right hand of the father um that's like my number one issue because i think that if there's well this gets into other theological issues too mm-hmm. but i think that that is that seems to me to be utterly unique and i don't i i don't I don't disagree with that. The idea of like Christ like, taking on multiple different quote-unquote humanities, that doesn't... See, I, and I don't think that that is what would happen. Yeah. I would think that it would be still Jesus the human. And maybe this is like very like, I don't know. We had no idea humanistic. where going to go here. Yeah, yeah. no. But in like a human superiority to all of the other races that are out there in the, <laughs> in the universe. But I don't think that Jesus's nature would change. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm, what I'm saying is that um, the person of Jesus, both God and human yeah. could still be significant and still be the savior of a different sentient race in the universe. So I, I I get where you're coming from, but I think 
central to like why like the sort of why and how salvation is taking up humanity right like christ has to take up humanity because the rift has been caused by humanity and humanity are the ones that have to like make amends for make atonement for the rift and so Christ has to take on humanity. Mm. And I think in any in any context where there's sentient soul beings who are rebelling against God who are sinning, and I and I also probably assume that the fall is inevitable. That 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 is like always yeah. the way that it's gonna be. Um so I think incarnation, whatever that looks like, would always be necessary if God's gonna save. I see what you're saying there. Yeah, that's probably right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's no, just. No. Uh, that's so, probably right. I, mean, I never that, really that does sort thought of it limit God's like ability to do things in different ways. I'm just saying, but which is God is free to do what God wants to do. Yeah. But we know like what God has done, and there seems to be like a logic necessity system, right? To it, sure. So and you know the reality of it is is that it's completely unimportant <laughs> moot point yeah yeah well uh, i mean but it's C. kind of fun to... i do love c.s lewis's space trilogy and the idea of other beings who just interact with god in a different way in the same way that like angels do so yeah you know what was that, the original question if it's like why is it so big if we're oh, yeah. the only intelligent beings to make us humble and to make us wonder at god's love well yeah that's my those are my two things. I think that's good. Um, I think that this question, this question supposes that the universe is about us. Mm. And I don't think the creation of the universe was about us. Mm. I think it's about God mm. and God created <clears throat> and yeah. he's a creator. And so the universe is not about us. Yeah. Um, I would even argue that the gospel is not about us. Mm. We're a major piece of that, yeah. but it's about God. Mm. So it's not inherently for humans. The yeah. The universe is not for humans. It's for God. For God and yeah. so um, what's too big for God? If he's an infinite being, what's too big? You know, it may seem really, really big to us, which yeah. it is really, really big to us. Like it's yeah. unfathomably big to yeah. us and it's growing even now, yeah. you know, which implies that God's still creating, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just think that it, it's not for us. Yeah. So it's not, I mean, we have the benefit of it because we get to marvel at it. Right, yeah. and it's yeah. cool, and it, it yeah. is humbling, and but it's not, it's not for yeah. us. I think you know the psalmist says like the the this when I think of the um the you know the heavens, the work of his hands or the work of his fingertips in some translations, mm-hmm. you know, I think what you said the the infinitude of God, the God is measureless, limitless, even a what seems to us to be infinite universe, it's not infinite is small to him, you know, or like, what is yeah. it even like? Th- it doesn't matter how long a line is. If it's not infinite, it's always infinitely smaller than the infinite. Right. Like, right. you know, it, it's just, those are things that don't even compare. And yet I do think that, it, yeah, the way, the reason though, not the reason, but the way that it's put into place teaches us something about God reflects something of the nature of God. I mean, I think all of creation, I would say Paul says this, you know, reflects something of the nature of God. And part of the universe reflects the infinitude of God and the, the yeah. majesty of God. And this, the, you know, it, it like the ocean, I think the ocean gives us an, a, an image of something that's big and massive and measureless and depthless and um, that, that points us to and kind of imperfectly tells us something about God. But, uh, I love your point though that it's not the stuff's not really for us. Yeah. At least I don't think so. Yeah. No, I think at the end of the day, I mean I say we'd do two more. Two more. Yeah. All right. 
I have heard of some people having near-death experiences of unconsciousness in which they claim to have seen the kingdom. Hmm. Is this possible? And how would it change our outlook upon returning to a conscious state? Yeah, so I I mean, I'll be honest. I'm, I tend to be slightly more on the skeptical side of things. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think... I think it happens. I mean, I think that, yeah. You know, and I think of how often in Scripture God reveals and speaks through dreams and visions. Yeah. Um, when people are asleep, when people are, you know, Abraham, Daniel, you know, Paul has talks about being, you know, r- raised up to like the seventh heaven or something like that. Or um, John, the whole revelation is is a vision after he encounters, um, you know, Jesus, one like the Son of Man, and gets this message to the church and then he's sort of transported up to the throne room of heaven and gets the, this unfolding vision. So I would say from a biblical standpoint, it's, it's completely within the realm of possibility that at some sort of moment in life and, and maybe in particularly when we're sort of in the, in that unconscious space that God could do something or reveal something. I I think a couple of things that I would want to be careful of. One would be that those visions seem to be always in part, Right, they seem to be always sort of uh, showing a glimpse of something. Even Revelation, which is the like most expansive vision that we have, mm-hmm. is still something that takes a lot of interpretation and like, what do these symbols mean? And it's not like it's a clear one to one. So, I think that's that's maybe where I get more hesitant. Not that these things can't happen, but do we know with surety? what they actually mean right you know or have we actually seen you know i mean no i can can you know see you know your no mind can conceive no i has seen you know no mind can conceive what god has prepared for those that love him i i, I think there's an element that's continues to be true about that and mm-hmm. we can get glimpses and you know things that kind of point us in the right direction but i'm i would say i'm a little bit leery of Sort of a, now I've seen it and now I know exactly what everything's going to be like. Um, that to me seems a little bit uh, questionable. I'm also a little bit, to be perfectly honest, this is like confession time. Yeah. Every time someone encounters Jesus, it seems to me they like get really scared. Yeah. And I, But I don't know that I've had, I, I and I, I'm not well studied yeah. in this. Yeah, yeah. Like some people are very fascinated by people's encounters of, of yeah. the afterlife, whether it be in heaven or in hell. Cause there's also lots of those yeah. stories too. Although not as often told. Yeah. Um, I don't know that anyone's met. Has anyone claimed to have met Jesus when they go to heaven though, or that they just get a glimpse of heaven? I think oh, that's a good question. I think some people, I know some people, I've heard stories of people that say they've like talked to Jesus. Yeah. Um, but in those instances, I would, I would poop my pants. Like, well, that's, and know, that's what I mean. I, I honestly though, like I've thought about it. Like if Jesus were to just like appear and be right there, yeah. like what would my reaction be? Would I, yeah. you know, and there's like the, I can only imagine song. Would I fall I'm down and praise, praise all. I'm like, that's so unrealistic because I would be like, Holy, yeah. you know and just like do do yeah. the holy poopoos <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah right in my britches because right. it's britches. like scary to it's think scary. about yeah 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 I, and that's to me where i i think yeah i'm with you on that that's um, that's my first opinion yeah i i have no problem with with a uh somebody having an experience an yeah. out-of-body experience where you're wrapped up into heaven or yeah. even a, a dream experience where that that's the case. I think it's kind of like a preview of a mm-hmm. movie, but like a good preview of a movie, not like one where like all the funny parts are in the preview. So you yeah. don't need to watch the movie, Yeah, but it's not a one-to-one. It's just like a tease of what's to come. Yeah. I you like know? That. Yeah. Um, and not that God is like teasing us, but mm-hmm. it's like, what happens when, you know, the new Star Wars flick 
the trailer comes out, it's like, oh, I can't wait. This is awesome. Yeah. And there's like some reassurance that it's going to actually be good or, yeah. oh, man, that looks stupid. And I don't think anyone's come away from like heaven. their preview to heaven being yeah. like, oh, that's stupid. I don't want to go there. Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of this anticipation wow. reassurance, this awe. Yeah. And so I got no problem with it. And I think that it would change a lot or it should change a lot um, in someone's or I guess it depends on where you are yeah. in life anyway because I don't know that it changed a whole lot for John you yeah. know what I mean like when he had the Is revelation he, yeah and I mean yeah. it didn't change yeah. much yeah. for him he wrote some letters after yeah. that but or give like more assurance book. or comfort yeah or peace of mind or something yeah yeah so yeah. I think you know John says in first John that you always want to test the spirits to make sure they're from God, you know, and that's yeah. like that's the only caution. It's just, yeah, I, no I, vision, no vision from God is going to run contrary to the Word of God, right? So, kind of like our alien conversation, we talked through it. Now I'm probably on the side of like, yeah, probably not a, <laughs> a sentient being that would have a one to one same relationship that we are capable yeah. of having with God, yeah. Which still leaves room for quite a bit of possibility. Yeah, yeah. yeah There's yeah, other possibilities yeah. out there, but yeah. uh, I yeah. can only imagine. Okay, uh, last one. Last one for this episode. I mean, we have more questions, and feel free to send us more questions. Oh, but man. last one for this episode. Oh wow! Uh oh, he pulled a doozy. I pulled a doozy. It has been foretold of Jesus' second coming. Mm-hmm. Amen. Snaps for deep. Uh, do you believe that this will come to pass? And yes. If so under what circumstances? Uh, who time knows? Could it occur? No one knows the time or the place. Not even the angels who are in heaven, nor the Son of Man, but only the Father. I think there's been more biblical so. quotations in this episode than there has been in <laughs> yeah, any other before. episode. Ask but yes, Christians. that is not yeah. a Dan quote. That is a yeah, that's that not is a Dan, Dan quote. A Jesus <laughs> not quote. A Dan quote. Uh, <laughs> I love those Dan quotes. <laughs> um, it's about Dan time for a Dan quote. But I definitely believe that it'll come to pass. Yeah, me I think too. It's pretty clear in scripture that it's going to happen. And I'm I kind mean, of excited for it. Yeah, man. And so come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen. And there is a lot of, you know, use the word apocalyptic kind of loosely here, but there is a lot of apocalyptic language in the Bible. Jesus, even in Matthew, talks about when um, the world kind of ends and some signs and stuff, and obviously Revelation has some of that stuff, and Daniel has some of that stuff. Like, it's scattered throughout the Bible, um, and it's intriguing, especially to eighth grade guys. That's all they want to do is, like, read Revelation because they want to know, like, what's going to happen in the end. Yeah. And I think the reality of it is Jesus could come back at any point because like a lot of the signs have been fulfilled. Like there's war, there's earthquakes, there's fire, there's um, famine, um, there's corruption. Yeah. um, Most of the things. Yeah. I mean, again, Revelation specifically is very symbolic and so trying to the the thing that we have the benefit of of looking at like messianic prophecies is Mm -hmm. that the messiah has come so we can like be like oh okay yes that was pointing to that yes that was pointing to this point of jesus's life yes that was pointing to this point of jesus's life well when we have a prophecy that's like looking forward to something that's going to happen. I mean, the Jews were really bad at figuring out the time and place, even when Jesus was here, you know, and being like, oh yeah, he's the Messiah. That's what scripture has been telling us. Um, So I don't think that we will be any different for the second coming of Christ. Unless it, I I mean, it will be super obvious, I guess. I think that's the only thing I would say is I think you're right. Like, in terms of predicting when it's going to happen. Yeah, or, that's what I mean. Yeah, it, exactly. We'll I, I know think, when it happens. I think that's going to be the major difference. Yeah. Um, and in, and in, so a couple of things I want to just add, because I think what you said was good. Um, I think we're supposed to live in that tension. 
Yeah. I think we're supposed to live. I think it's it's not accidental that there is a lot about it in scripture, but also Jesus says no one knows. And even like tells parables about if the servants had known what time the master was going to return, then they would have been ready. And the implication is not to like, well, we don't know, so don't worry about it, but like be ready at all times. Yeah. Right. So I think we're supposed to live in that tension. Um, but Jesus, so Old Testament, there's this con- motif or wh- whatever you want to call it, like talking about the day of the Lord, mm-hmm. the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord will come. Um, and there's a lot of that in there. And one of the passages that talks about that is Isaiah chapter 61. And this is the passage that Jesus speaks of in Luke chapter four, when he's yeah. in Nazareth. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. And he ends that with to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he stops there. He puts down the scroll. Now, in the ESV translation of the Hebrew, there is a comma after favor. Oh. And then, and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn and to grant to those who mourn in Zion to give them beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness, um, blah, blah, blah. And uh, so that passage like is stepping into the, 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 um, the day of the Lord, which for the people of Israel was this day of God's judgment. And that's not always a bad thing, right? If you're on, right. cause if you're, if you've been oppressed, if you've been, um, you know, driven down by your enemies and the people of Israel have a, even though they kept rebelling, they also were set upon by their enemies. So they were looking to this as a day when they would be vindicated, when God's judgment would raise them up and like bring down their enemies. And so it's a day of vengeance. It's a day of justice. It's a day of righteousness. It's a day of, you know, the establishment of God's law. It's this great and glorious day of the Lord. And what Jesus, I think, is really key that he stops before he gets there. Mm. And if, and if, as if to say, like, and the Jews thought that sort of all of this was happening when the Messiah came. And Jesus is saying, that part of what the Messiah is going to do, that's not yet. Yeah, it's later. It's later. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah. <laughs> not that it's not happening. That's the sequel. That's the sequel, part two, right? So I think, and again, that's we're living in between part one and part two. And part one is the year of the Lord's favor, right? And the offer of salvation is on offer. And, but there also is, we believe, and is still stated pretty clearly in the New Testament, there is going to be that part two day of the Lord. Yeah. Um, We talk about it in our creed. Um, he's going to return to judge the quick, meaning those who are alive, not, not those, those who are, who are fast. fast. Yeah, oh. that's a good news for all my slow <laughs> brothers and sisters out there. I guess if you were slow, you could be like, "Oh, well, he's not going to judge me." Yeah. So those who are like to be quickened. Yeah. Sometimes referred to as being alive, uh, to judge the living and the dead. So, anyways, I think yes, it's happening. Don't know when. Live as if it's inevitable. Inevitable, imminent, imminent. Yeah, that's probably a better word than inevitable because it is inevitable, but yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean that it's imminent. Yeah. That it's this, now. Yeah, and what that look like? I don't know. Yeah, but I don't think it's happening. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, come back anytime you want, Jesus. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there for it. Yeah. But anyway, I think that that's, uh, we got there. through, how many did we get through? Six? Um, Is that, it's six, I think. I, yeah. Uh, that's a good amount. So we'll, you know, we'll split this up into at least another episode, maybe two. Uh, keep the questions coming. Thanks for uh, Adam for yeah. putting this together to gathering some questions and sending it. It was also uh, an idea that he had. So if you yeah. guys have ideas for, I mean, we always so have nice. ideas for episodes, but we're happy to um, uh, take your ideas We've gotten some other ideas that we're still trying to like from listeners that we're still trying to formulate how we're actually going to do that. Um, But yeah, if you have ideas of what you want to hear about, what you want to talk about, maybe you want to talk, having a specific episode on a particular expansion of one of these questions. Yeah. Not aliens. We're not going to talk about aliens anymore. No. That was a bad choice. I'm done. Yeah. But 
good questions. Yeah, I think. good questions. Yeah. 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 So keep them coming. Twenty twenty one. Woo! Yeah, no different than twenty twenty. Yeah, woo! At least so far. God is still on the throw. Amen. That's that's kind of my big takeaway from this. Yeah. All, all these episode. questions. Yeah. yeah. Is is just kind of God, God's on the throne of it all. Yeah. And yes, we do have these questions, and I think that God cares about the answers to these questions, and we don't want to be dismissive of them. Yeah. But kind of the big overall um, uh, question or the answer to the questions is that God is God and that we are not. And that can seem like a cop out or it can be like really comforting. And to me, it's really comforting because uh, I'm really glad that God is God and that I am not God. Me too, Because if I was God, (laughs) it'd be bad for me, you, all of us. Yeah. Well, I think it's, you know, we have the freedom again to pursue all these things, but it's also important, I think particularly just like in all of life to keep first things first yeah right yeah and so um but i i, I think these questions are fun yeah i, 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 enjoy I enjoyed today conversing. i had my coffee i had my bubbly yeah had my questions my microphone my accents <laughs> it's a good day all right i think we're all finished up here i'm not sure what accent this is that's a seattle trying to be in oklahoma i think that's true <laughs> Yeah, really less of an accent. 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 Less of an accent. And, uh, I gotta go grab my, my big. My big. My big. Go yeah. root for the Seahawks. I root for the Seahawks, man. Yeah. Ooh. It is I'm, funny. So, Dragon. Big, dragon. Dragon. I'm saying it specifically more yeah. with an accent, but there's some guys I listen to, sports radio from Seattle. Yeah. And the Seattle name there, uh, the like B League football team, the the Dragons, the Dragons, and uh, man, you think they would have done something I, a well, little bit more? Well, it's so funny, like listening to these like, like hosts and sports personalities mm-hmm. that are and, like they definitely say Dragon. Yeah. yeah. Drig, big, big, Meg. That I, that's one of my favorites. Meg. Well, a friend that we know, who's from like the Seattle Jim. area, yeah. said that her name is Meggie. And so when oh, she yeah. came to Oklahoma and she said, introduced herself as Meggie, everyone called her Meggie, but her name's Maggie. Yeah. M-A-G-G-I-E. That's true. That's Not true. Meggie. Yeah. M-E-G-G-I-E. That's true. But everyone called that's her true. Meggie. Yeah. Because that's Never what she I said. Never knew I had an accent until I came to Tulsa. Until you came to Oklahoma. Until yeah, I came to Oklahoma. You know, the, we have varying accents in Oklahoma. I think it's a hodgepodge. It's a, it's a it's a wide range. Well, I think also my accent, if you want to call it that, uh, also was influenced a bit by living for five years in the Midwest during college and grad school. Yeah, and I also strange. worked with a uh, someone from North Carolina for a couple of years. That's when I started saying y'all, Larry Herman. I doubt you're listening to my our podcast, but shout just out to, the way that you said shout out to name, Larry Herman. You know that it's not Lori, it's Larry. Yeah, and that's well, not even very Larry. Yeah, Larry is very North Carolina. Yeah, instead of Lori. But she got me to say y'all, and uh, yeah. so I feel like I've had a couple of people that have influenced my accent. Yeah, you, so. you you got a strange one. Thank you. I appreciate it. Actually, you have less of one now than you did. From a Oklahoma been, standpoint, you yeah. fit in more. I fit in more. That's yeah. good. Yeah. It's because I got raked over the coals for my... Yeah. I, you drive an SUV now. Oh, man. Yeah, you are. I'm excited about it. Any cowboy boots yet? I actually had cowboy boots before I moved here. Oh, sad. Okay. Yeah. I mean, cool. I bought but. them in... But it was like... It was the same trip when I stopped in Tulsa for the first time. I bought uh, them in Texas. So cool. I need to get them resold, though. You can only sell them once. (laughs) Sorry, bad joke. Okay. All right. We need to end this. Uh, We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.